This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The results of the Manitoba election continue to resonate with folks. Wab Canoe and the NDP picked up a majority government. They knocked down Heather Stephenson and the progressive conservative party who'd been in power for nearly a decade. Canoe becomes the first Indigenous provincial premier in Canada, and journalist John Lepke wanted to reflect on the election results. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning, Dave. So, John, you're one province over in Saskatchewan, but why did the NDP's victory in Manitoba catch your attention? Absolutely. I mean, in Saskatchewan, we're going on uh, significantly longer than a decade with the Conservative <laughs> government. And uh, it's interesting to see, you know, a few years ago, uh, Notley's government fell in Alberta. So when, you're, when your neighbours are shifting political ideologies, you know, uh, if we're looking at a map to the left, trending more conservative, to the right, trending more left, um, it, it begs the question where that impact is going to come in, in your own province. John, I, I, I do want to get your thoughts about what you're following in Manitoba here in the first couple months of P Premier Canoe's mandate, but I'm also curious about the identity of the NDP in the prairies, because one of the notable things that's occurring here is the absolute decimation of the liberal brand in Western Canada and across the prairies. What is the identity of the NDP in the prairies? Well, historically, if we look at the history of Saskatchewan, um, historically, the NDP have been very strong in this province up until the last two decades, uh, very originally very rooted in rural Saskatchewan. We've certainly seen that flip completely on its head. Um, but really, this province and certainly certain members of certain generations consider it a very leftist province. I always call Saskatchewan a crisis in terms, right? We're, we're the, the home base of Tommy Douglas, and we have this current uh, Sask Party government fighting a pronoun policy. Um, certainly our, our histories, if you would have predicted our um, political history into the 21st century in the mid 20th century, I don't think you would have predicted this level of conservatism. When you're talking about conservatism, that brand does not mean the same thing across the country. It means one thing in British Columbia, it certainly means something different in the prairies, for the most part, it means something different in Atlantic Canada, although, as you mentioned, uh, pronoun policy, that is certainly coming to the forefront in New Brunswick. In fact, it's the first mm -hmm. day of the New Brunswick legislature resuming, and there's the possibility of uh, upheaval within the party and a snap election being called based purely on that crisis of identity within that party. But circle back to the NDP. What makes the NDP different in the prairies compared to, say, the British Columbia version of the NDP or the Ontario mm -hmm. conception of the NDP? I think it's fair to call the Alberta NDP uh, small if you were going to strip away party descriptions for a second, you know, sort of the stereotypes of what these parties mean, as you as you indicated. I think it would be fair to call the Alberta NDP um, small c conservative if we were to 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 pull away the scale things like ndp in, in british columbia i would argue are less likely to be to be cheering on pipelines and these sorts of economical or ecological uh impacts 
um, you're much more likely to see the NDP at, say, at oil and gas convention. We saw that in Saskatchewan in the lead up to the last election. Um, and part of that is, you know, you have to meet people where they're at. But I, I certainly don't see the NDP as in this province as particularly left as as some of its uh, um, some of its relatives in eastern Canada, shall we say. So circling back into Manitoba here, what's on your radar over the first couple months of Premier Canoe's mandates? It is a majority government, so like he's got some he's got some leeway here. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely. As uh, last time I was here, you had two uh, correspondents talking. We were on the eve of the election that day, and certainly some of the things that were discussed and then. Um, things like the uh, the landfill search, but also just how we how we see, as you mentioned, to being the first Indigenous Premier, how does that impact the policy decisions of the NDP in Manitoba? And how can we see a difference from the very, very, very white uh, leaders that we see and have seen historically in the prairies? It's going to be really interesting to see. And also, because the other Prairie NDP party of recent memory and power, that being the Alberta NDP, be interesting to see how they, I know it's terrible to talk about an election right after an election, but how they model themselves to continue that momentum in a way that Notley and the Alberta NDP weren't able to do. Mm -hmm. uh, John, what struck me within a week of winning the election, Premier Canoe was out meeting with municipal leaders, uh, specifically Winnipeg and Brandon, and there was a very, very comfortable and at-ease press conference between uh, Wab Canoe and Winnipeg Mayor Scott Gillingham talking about their shared interest in addressing homelessness in the city. Now, certainly policy matters here. Anybody can say anything they want to at a press conference, but Premier Canoe outright said, I am going to give the city resources, we are going to collaborate, and I want to end structural homelessness inside 10 years. If anybody who's been to Winnipeg understands what's going on in that city, there is poverty, there is homelessness, like any other major city in Canada, but you don't oftentimes hear a premier talking about that as their number one priority coming out of, coming out of an election. Mm -hmm. and, and Manitoba, you know, Winnipeg being sort of the center of Manitoban life, as we often see in the prairies, where one, one or two cities sort of dominate the narrative. It's really interesting to see, as you mentioned, the ease of that conversation, because oftentimes it's the municipality, when there's discord, it starts at the municipal level. Oh, our provincial government isn't doing any for us in, you know, insert city here. And then that leads to the discord that we see in the legislature and then on into an election. Yeah, you see that in Ontario right now, the city of Toronto and the province clashing heads. You see that in Nova Scotia right now, the city of Halifax and the province of Nova Scotia clashing heads over a housing policy. So yeah, it's, it's not uncommon to see that kind of battle, but it is quite refreshing when you see uh, collaboration between political leaders. Uh, John, let's and do an, oh, go ahead, go ahead, please. I was, sorry, I was just going to say, and, and not unlike what we see when the provincial governments so discord about the federal government, as yeah, uh, right. uh, as the Saskatchewan government is is doing right now, in, in and consistently. And I just saw an Alberta uh, energy ad on the TV yesterday about um, you know tell tell the feds our our commodity prices matter and we've got to keep the lights on with a family in the dark in their kitchen. Um, it's really uh, cyclical, if we want to call it that. 
Yeah, I've seen that ad popping up as well, the campaign about uh, the renewable energy policies and the electrification of the grid. Uh, some provinces, uh, not to be named specifically in that ad, uh, putting some money behind that one. Hey, John, no easy way to uh, uh, to elegantly go from one topic to the other here, <laughs> but uh, there was the passing of a Saskatchewan Rough Riders great, George Reed, a couple of days ago, beloved in the community for far more than just playing football. What is George Reed's legacy outside of the Canadian Football League. Absolutely. So after after retiring, he stayed in the province, which I'm not going to say is an un, unlikely event. It certainly happens a lot more with the the older legends of the game than, than our current ones. Um, but he really stayed in the community. He founded a foundation uh, that supports underprivileged people, including uh, uh, disabled folks. Um, and I used to work in arts nonprofit, and I sort of kind of joke that you can tell somebody's made an impact when somebody makes a play about them. Um, and, and last year, there was a, a Globe Theatre show, uh, our local regional theatre in Regina, uh, surrounding his his years with the writers. And, you know, he was on set, and, and many of those photos of of that time were, were spread around after his, his recent passing. What do you think it is about Saskatchewan, and, and maybe it's the writer's culture more specifically, that keeps people there? That maybe people don't out, outright think to themselves, one day I'm aspirationally going to go live in Regina or Saskatoon, but then they get there and they're like, man, this is nice, I like this. Yeah, it's like when I interview people and I, they say, I've been to Saskatchewan, and I go, why? Um, <laughs> and they tell me vacation, and then I'm even more confused. But, it, you know, in George Reed's case, and for a lot of those older legends, it was because they were given jobs in the community or they were they were offered opportunities for jobs in the community, I should say. So, um, you know, George Reed, as I understand it, worked for SAS Gaming for a long time. One of his kids represented Canada. You know, really, those legends got an opportunity to stay in community um, and, and and live and, and work here. I mean, certainly George Reed, American, right? So... Um, stayed there and even when we see um there was recently a, a bringing together of of the most recent gray cup team uh Corey sheets uh folks like that coming to the province um and even then we see the camaraderie of i remember living here in a way that i'd argue you don't see in those bigger centers um that are a part of the canadian football league because really um and not to toot my province's own horn here it is the one game in town um, mm. aside from junior hockey. And that really lends itself to, you know, there are the goods and the ills of it. I, I compare it to being a Green Bay Packer fan, if there are any out there, where when you're the one game in town and you're a community-owned team, people really feel engaged. And that means if you're a legend like George Reed was and you made the community impact, I mean, Ron Lancaster, speaking of the same generation, has a, a restaurant named after him here yeah, in Virginia. Yeah. So there's really that um it's almost the uh provincial myth making of this province includes the riders and that's why i think that if they choose to stay here they find a home here i it certainly happens across a couple cfl markets i wonder how much of it's actually if you end up going to a place for 10 years in your 20s into your 30s how how much you don't want to leave because you don't want to move your stuff don't want to move your stuff you know uh, i think maybe for some of these players Canadian healthcare might be a, uh, Ooh, yep, a, a yeah, that's a good a, one. A plus. 
and and also you know when you've built a connection to the place when you are playing in a league where you do oftentimes outside of a couple of quarterbacks have to take a summer job anyway um you know if you don't have to move and you can build community why not yeah open up a car dealership uh john <laughs> thank you for this <laughs> have a great day you as well that's john lepke a journalist based in saskatchewan coming up after the break today marks the five-year anniversary of cannabis legalization the industry has been um shall we call it up and down for those financially involved alex smythe is bringing that issue to the round table this is now with dave brown on ami tv I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.